1: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Hey, we're as ready as we're ever going to be. What's up? My name is Zachary Bennett. I'm here with Sean Hyken, co-host of the Locked On Bulls podcast and a contributor to the Athletic Chicago. How are you doing, Sean?
1: I'm good. This is this is a little bit fancier than our operation. We're in an actual studio. Like I've got my my headphones that I have on like are plugged into like the desk. It's crazy,
0: and you can hear okay through those. Yeah, headphones. yeah. With
1: these microphones, this is like a professional operation. It, yeah,
0: I mean contrary to popular opinion i i do put forth a professional show every you don't live in your mom's
1: basement like most bloggers
0: not quite no um this is a for for clarification this is a collab edition we decided of locked on bulls and locked on timberwolves Crossover. yeah crossover because a for you and i two people who have to do a pod every single day it's just that much easier absolutely and as i was walking in right before the national anthem today i see sean i'm like hey Lockdown Bulls guy, what are you doing after the game? Let's knock this shit out. Let's get it done. Put, can I swear on Lockdown Bulls? You
1: can do whatever you want, man. All
0: right, all right. Um, we can go back and bleep it out. We it's, have
1: your, the, it's your studio. I think you make the rules. We have
0: the power to do that. No, you're the guest, and I'm the I'm the producer of the program. So it's just uh, we're just going to roll with it. The Minnesota Timberwolves, in a game that Sean Hyken will not want to talk a lot about, defeated the Chicago Bulls 117-89 and what was really a blowout from the get-go. What say you?
1: <laughs> I mean, just to be clear, I don't want to talk about it because it wasn't a very interesting game, not because of the result. Oh, but, sure, like, sure. It sure. was...
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, and
1: it wasn't. I mean, And, I mean, the Bulls, to be fair, the Bulls are missing Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, uh, Nico Mirage, most importantly, Paul Zipser. So, like, they, they had some guys out, but, like... It, it, it This was just not, they were not competitive from the start. It's their third straight really bad loss. Obviously they get blown out by the Warriors because, you know, they're going to get blown out by the Warriors. And then they got blown out by Phoenix the other night, which is never a good look. It's, just,
0: it's embarrassing, frankly. It's not, yeah. it's,
1: it's not good. The Bulls are now three games below five hundred for the first time of the Fred Hoiberg era, which is not great. Uh,
0: <laughs> the Fred Hoiberg era or the record itself? Both. I'm pushing the envelope I mean, they, pushing didn't, the envelope I mean they
1: didn't make the playoffs last year. You can't really say that that was great.
0: No, the Bulls sit 7th in the Western Conference, 26 and still? 29. 7th, yeah. Seventh. I, haven't,
1: I haven't looked at the standings since today. They're still in 7th.
0: I, I have the standings up right in front of me. There are three and a half games back of Indiana for the sixth spot. Well, they're not getting that. And ahead of Detroit by half a game. Detroit sits at 25 and 29 at the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. So it's funny that you call it a not-very-interesting game because as somebody who's covered the Wolves for a while, a team with three 21-year-old studs and young talent and so much promise or whatever, you'd think their fans would go to games. But over the past few seasons, they've ranked 29th, 30th in attendance, Uh battling with Denver for whatever issues Denver has. I don't know. But the Wolves, they have fans that don't go to games. And so tonight, as you saw, full, full arena. Wolves jump out to a thirty-four seventeen lead in the first quarter and it's like, Oh, this is wolves wolves games can be exciting. Holy buckets, who knew? And I'm talking to my friends who you met earlier at the at sure. the bar we were at before we came here, and I'm I'm talking to them. I'm like, Hey, you guys enjoyed the game, they're Wolves fans. They were like, No, it was really boring. The Wolves just got out to a big lead and it was sort of over from there. <laughs> but Tibbs played the starters the whole time. Tim's so how the... could it be how could it be boring?
1: That is classic Tibbs. That that is and Taj Gibson even said something about that after the game because you know every, every single time Zach that we that Tom has been asked about the Bulls since he got fired in 2015. He's tried to take the high road and said I had And he did tonight too, years yeah. there. But then Taj Gibson said after the game, "No, I know him too well. I know how much this game meant to him. I know that you know he left guys out there at the end to try to win this game. Like he like <laughs> like got people know what's up."
0: After and what Tibbs said after and and I'm not sure if you were able to listen. Or I wasn't there. Anything, but he he basically said, you know, I know a lot of the guys. I root for them. You know, when I watch them, when they're not playing my team. And now I we have that...
1: to we have to clarify this. He had to have been talking about the individual guys. So basically, the just individual and
0: Jimmy. I think the quote was especially the guys I've coached. I
1: don't think he actually roots for the Bulls when they're not playing each other. I think I believe that about as much as I believe the thing he said uh, before the game that he hasn't seen or looked at Rajan Rondo's Instagram post from a couple weeks ago. I don't believe that either.
0: It's pretty funny cuz he did mention Rondo by name. He's like Rondo's a talented player and, and done Well, a that's, lot of well, stuff. That's,
1: well that's a Tibbs special. Like back back when he was with the Bulls, he would always whenever they were playing anybody, he would just he would ask like what does this team bring? And he'll just go down the other team's roster like one through he'll he'll talk about so like some, smart. like some dude on a 10-day contract, he'll be like, "Yeah, you know, Cartier Martin really just brings a lot to their team." And
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. And speaking of dudes on a 10-day contract, Lance Stevenson what the hell it's, it's it's sort of like he gets the ball and everybody stops to watch to see what he's doing and there's a five foot force field around him it's like by <laughs> rule did you get that sense do you
1: think he's gonna stick i uh,
0: i'm in i'm in if he does
1: stick i mean they just kind of that was just i feel like that was just a stopgap because they just need another wing after zach Levine got hurt but like
0: they yeah and it's who knew that tibbs would actually play him like right away we weren't sure and Lo and behold, he comes out. Well, and plays the thing the first you have game. to remember
1: with Lance is he's got playoff experience because he was went to the conference finals with two of those Pacers teams. That was I was actually at that game against the Heat in
0: 2014. The LeBron, the ear blowing, yeah. yes,
1: I, yeah, I was at that game. Uh, Lance, you
0: know, he thought he he does nice things defensively. Still, he's. A black hole offensively. He's so
1: talented. He's just there's so much other stuff that comes with him. Yeah,
0: it's it's incredible. But he's a, a plus ten and in, in plus minus tonight. Scores six points, three five shooting. Uh, defensively, he's still he's still big and, mm-hmm. and can guard and, and switch on multiple positions. And that to me is something that I had forgotten because I don't watch that that men, many Eastern Conference games. And that so I was sort of taken aback by that. But it was funny in the locker room after the game. Jordan Hill is going about the rounds and he's saying bye. Yeah, he's got you know, sort of a casual Minnesota goodbye, he's so small, he's the master. small, small conversation with everybody before sure. he goes, and then he he looks at Lance, he goes Stevenson, gives him the head nod, and just walks walks out, just the <laughs> firm Stevenson. That's great. I mean, I bet I bet ladies. guys
1: were a little bit looser tonight in that in that locker room than they were in the Bulls locker room, which I think at this point it, it, it's such a weird vibe right now in the Bulls locker room because the first couple of games this season that they lost. They were all just like, oh, you know, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And then after the Tibbs game last, uh, a couple months ago in December. When well, they, they
0: blew a huge lead. When they
1: blew a huge lead, they were, like, shell-shocked. And then that, that same week, they blow, they, they lose they lose to the Bucks twice on back-to-back nights, and they get blown out both nights. And, like, they're just, like, they're, they're just, as it's as down as I've ever seen them. And then since then, they've just kind of, even after they lose a game, so, like, even after a game like this where they didn't play well at all, they just kind of are... They all kind of know that this is what they are. They're a 500-ish team that might make the playoffs and might not. Or you know, they're fighting for the seventh or the eighth seed. They're all kind of accepted that this is what it is, and that's just kind of how it is.
0: So, if you want to get into grand, you know, grand, uh, you know, the grand scope of things regarding the Bulls. Sure. In the for- the fourth quarter starts, and Hoiberg trots out a five man lineup. Twenty seconds go by. Timeout. He bring he subs people out, so it's as if it's like, dude, twenty seconds earlier you were satisfied with this five man crew on the floor, and twenty seconds later you've got different people. What's going on there with the Hoyberg thing? Because you know we got Britt Robeson. he's a min post contributor, contributor. Sorry, nice um, covered the NBA at Sports Illustrated, very knowledgeable guy, saying that he might not last till the All Star break, and it's pure speculation. Heuberg? But Hoyberg,
1: yeah, no it's, chance.
0: No chance he lasts till the All Star break. No, he's gone. no,
1: no, 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 no chance he, no chance he gets fired. No, fact, that's, and that's I would even I would go further than that. I don't think I would be shocked if he didn't start next training camp as the Bulls coach.
0: I wanted to clarify on that because Britt's known to have extreme opinions. You know, we went to the locker room at halftime, and he's saying the Wolves could, you know, the could blow it. He's not ruling it out, so he's very c- cynical in that regard. So
1: here's so here's why. There's I think almost no chance Hoiberg gets fired anytime soon. There's 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 a couple of reasons. One is. Obviously, the money they are paying him five million a year for the next three years after this yeah. one. So if it, they fired him, they would have to pay him that money. Coach you have to pay him that money. Pay, yeah. You have to pay him that money, and on top of hiring another coach, which you know the going rate for an NBA coach these days is five, six, seven million dollars a year, depending on how big of a name it is. Thanks,
0: so, Jason Kidd.
1: Exactly. So it would be. Oh, well, Derek, Derek Fisher got the five-year twenty-five. Oh, that that is true. So it's yeah, Derek yeah, Fisher, yeah. Steve Kerr, like these first, like so you know it would be really expensive to fire him. But on top of so they fire Tom with two years left on his contract. Yep. Last year they had to pay him on top of paying sure. Hoiberg. This year they're not paying him anymore because once he gets hired by the Timberwolves, no. that money offsets. Fred's not getting another NBA job, so they're going to have to pay him those those next three years. And the other reason they're not going to ever, I think, they make a change, I think the earliest they can make a change is middle of next season if they don't make the playoffs this year, and then they get off to a slow start next year. Because if you, just, if you remember back to the process of hiring Hoiberg, uh, they fire Tom, and that day at the press conference, Gar and Pax basically say, uh, yeah, we're going to have a nationwide coaching search and leave no stone unturned, and we're going to interview a wide variety of candidates. I'd will have to i have to go back through my old notes and, and look at what the exact quote was, but it was something to that effect. And then, like, 24 hours later, Woj and all the national guys are reporting the years and money on Hoiberg's contract. <laughs> so it's like, okay. They,
0: and it so, seemed like a foregone conclusion. Sure, well, no, no. I mean, it had
1: been the worst-kept secret in the league that he was going to be their guy because, you know, he has a relationship with... Do you got to take that?
0: You got to take that? Is that you buzzing or is no, it me? No, it's not
1: uh, it's not me. Oh, it's Jesus. not my phone, but uh, could be mine. It, well, they but what I'm so saying is, is Fred has a relationship with Gar because Gar was an assistant coach at Iowa State in the 90s when Fred played there, and when Fred left the Bulls as a player to go to the Timberwolves, Gar bought his house from him.
0: Oh, yeah. So they I have I've heard
1: that. Actually. They go way back. And so he had been their guy. He was he was their hand-picked successor. And so if you're the Bulls, Front office, you fire a coach that's as successful as Tom was in the five years, and I mean we don't. I don't want to re. don't have to litigate why he's not the, there anymore. Wolves the
0: listeners don't there was, need it. Right. The Wolves there was don't there need was, it. was
1: fault on both sides. There, the relationship needed to end. But when you fire a coach that's as successful as Tom was in Chicago, and then you bring in a college coach who's never coached in the NBA before without interviewing any other candidates, you better nail that hire. It had better be like as much of a success as Brad Stevens was going from college to the NBA. If he were to just flame out after a year and a half of just being mediocre and not doing anything, after you sell him as this offensive guru who's gonna reinvent the offensive yeah. exactly and
0: the shot chart. Everybody knows it. Oh, the shot totally. chart
1: analytics. Totally. And so if you do if you do that and and you know you sell him as that and you hire him without having an actual coaching search, and then you fire him like a year and a half later, that's that the optics of that are not good.
0: But is it a complete disaster? Right now, so, so far it, it has
1: is. been, but I don't know how much of that is on Fred. He certainly hasn't done himself any favors no. with some of his rotation decisions, but I think a lot more of it is on the f- roster that management because he got given Dwayne him.
0: Wade. Nobody expected
1: well. That. Here's the thing yeah, that, that that's the thing. Wade just fell into their laps like, unex- <laughs> like if he, on July 1st. There was no way that they went into free agency thinking, oh, we could get Dwayne Wade. I think it was like July 4th or July 5th that he started actually sending out indications. Look, like me and Pat aren't really going to reach a deal. New phone.
0: Who I knows? might actually
1: leave Miami. And then the Bulls were just like, oh, okay, let's let's look at this. The Rondo thing. I mean, see, I think I was, I was not a fan of the Rondo signing when it happened. But it was more the Rondo and Wade signings together. If they had had just Rondo and Butler or just Wade and Butler – they would have been able to make it work. I think it would have been fine but just having all 3 of them there, none of them can shoot and then having to manage all 3 of those personalities like that that was just going to be a disaster from the get
0: go. Yeah, who has a chance to do that? Like who
1: Right. And then you know and then on top of that like and I don't know how again, I don't know how much of this is on Fred and how much of it's on the front office, but the young guys that they have have just not gotten better. I don't know how much of it is on the play on the coaching staff for not developing them or how much of it is on the front office for just not being good judges of talent over the last few years in the draft, but Denzel Valentine, their lottery pick this year. He played tonight because they had no bodies, and he was not very good, but he's been out of the rotation lately. Bobby Portis, their first time game last year. 30 minutes tonight. Yeah, he was okay tonight, but he's been awful. Uh,
0: Seems too slow or too small to defend whoever he's guarding. He's not,
1: right, he has not been good. Uh, Jaron Grant has been in and out of the rotation. He's been starting. He's actually been okay. MCW has been awful.
0: No, oh, There was that four-on-one breakaway layup that uh, may or may not, you know, yeah, epitomized the season.
1: My boss John Greenberg tweeted the video of that and said "Showtime Bulls," which I thought yeah. was pretty good.
0: And it, and it sums up their season perfectly. Uh-huh. It's just a you know a, a comedic disaster almost. Denzel Valentine? Did he start playing recently? Because I know he was dealing with injuries.
1: Well, no, he hasn't been dealing with injuries. He just hasn't been. He's just in not very good rotation. yet. And he's he was, was a rookie. He spent a week in the D League, so he missed the first two games of the road trip because he was in the D League. And then he came back. He was with the team in Sacramento, didn't play even when they were up twenty-seven, didn't play. And then he played a bunch. I thought
0: Hoiberg coached the Wolves, not Tibbs.
1: He played a bunch in the uh, in the uh, in the Warriors game. He was awful. He played in the Phoenix game uh two nights ago he was awful. Tonight he was not good either. Like I don't I don't know what like if you look at this this group of young guys, so so get rid of so so put aside the four veterans who are like the solid or the five, like Rondo, Wade, Butler, Taj and Robin Lopez. Put yeah. aside those guys. Out of the rest of them, which of those guys can you look at? and honestly say, I think this guy is going to be a piece that you can build around long-term that's going to be a building block, or can be a rotation player on a good team.
0: I'll go more specific, and who is the jury still out on of those young players?
1: There's two guys that I think might actually be good, and that's uh, Cristiano Felicio, the backup center, and Paul Zipser, the, who didn't play tonight, but he's uh, he's from Germany, he's a rookie, he's a second-round pick. He's looked pretty good when he's played recently.
0: So Bobby Portis, 30 minutes, I'm 6 kinda, 6 of kinda, 11, 16 points. Look good offensively. Defensively is another story, but
1: I need to see more. He's he can't defend anybody. He's going to have to do that to stay on the floor.
0: Yeah, and I got the small sample treatment tonight, but I liked him and I liked him in college. I actually A lot of people did. Found him looking at Tape of Towns when I was doing the, you know, cuz there was the Jaleel Okafor, sure. Towns, you know. Who's your the Wolves take? And I'm looking at film, and I'm going, "This guy from Arkansas is really undersized. Is really, you know, giving towns a run for his money on, at both sides he, of the floor." He went
1: up. He he outplayed him at summer league in the first game because it was the Bulls Timberwolves' the first game of summer league the, the, the year they were both drafted.
0: And they you know, they they went head to head, and so it's yeah. And I I've always liked Bobby Portis in that respect. I you know, I get the small, you know, there's the whole small sample size alert, but he he did well offensively tonight in a game where not a lot of the Bulls did very well offensively. <laughs>
1: Right, but I mean, again, the Bulls were undermanned. Like, when you don't have Jimmy Butler, there's really... I mean, and the on-off numbers are... If you go go look up the on-off numbers. I can numbers pull them for, up, yeah. For, like, the like the net rating on-off numbers for It's going to be awful. It's, it's just astro- blood astro- across the screen. It's, it's astronomical, the difference that he makes.
0: What about Doug McDermott?
1: He has had so many opportunities to be good. And, and he and has he just not has taken them. He either is afraid to shoot, which is supposed to be his only skill.
0: Niminubialitsa syndrome.
1: There you go. Or or he just, like, they, they don't look for him. Because he actually can score in the post pretty efficiently, but they don't really look for him there. He still can't defend anybody.
0: And is he a three or four? I'm not totally sure. Right,
1: right. and Nico is the same way Nico didn't play tonight. He had back spasms. But,
0: that uh, was pretty funny. It's like, no Wade, no Butler, and no Miritich. No
1: Paul Zipser, though. <laughs> no Zipser no is Zipser. That
0: the people want. Paul Zipser. people are
1: like Paul Zipser and Chris Felicio are like the and be, well besides Jimmy Paul Zipser and Chris Felicio are like the two semi positive things about this season for the Bulls.
0: Uh without Jimmy Butler on the court, the Bulls are uh negative 7 negative 9.7 net rating.
1: That sounds about right. What are they with it, with him? I haven't looked at it. With in like a
0: him week. on the floor, they're a positive 2.7, so it's a difference of about 11.
1: That sounds about right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's Jimmy Butler, man. When's he going to be back?
1: I don't know. You know, he's he uh, he played the other night against Phoenix, and he looked pretty good for three quarters, and then like, he started feeling pain, so he was a little bit less effective after that. They've got two more games. Uh, they play the Raptors on Tuesday, the Celtics on Thursday.
0: What a grueling—so you got to go to California— Oklahoma City, Phoenix, in some order, and then Minnesota, and then Toronto?
1: Well, here's the thing. They're, well, no, they're 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 home against Toronto Oh, and got it, got it, got this it. This was the last game of the road trip. They're home against Toronto and Boston. They'll win both of those games because they always beat the Raptors, and the Celtics game is on TNT, and they've won something like 16 TNT home <laughs> games in a row.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is a Dave Benzian, you know, Wolves play-by-play that's a, announcer. That's a
1: thing. Like, they—, they the. the Hashtag hashtag TNT Bulls like that's a thing.
0: That's, that's they've hilarious. won they've
1: won their last sixteen home TNT games. So. No
0: way! And somebody actually took the time to absolutely track that no. It's my it's my, it.
1: my boy Jason Pat who writes for Bloggable and FanRag.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, he
1: that's his thing. Uh, shout out to Jason. But he, like, you get I
0: mean, Wolves fans are just happy to have a couple of national TV appearances, and the Bulls just get all of them. But fair. here's
1: the thing: well, because they're a big market, yeah, and people and still. Hey, the crying meme guy used to play for the Bulls, so not
0: arguably the worst franchise to ever exist.
1: I think there are two franchises in the NBA that are worse run than the
0: Bulls. Toronto. Oh, well, no, I'm saying in a historical context, the Wolves could be the worst NBA franchise there is. Well, they've period. only made
1: the playoffs. They they haven't made eight the playoffs since they haven't made the playoffs since 04, right?
0: They've made it eight times. They've been out of the first round once.
1: Yeah, the, the, the 04, the Garnett MVP
0: year. Yeah, the Garnett MVP year. So <laughs> I don't know if Toronto has a better you know in that conversation. I don't know, but it's
1: but what i no, but what I'm saying is like the Bulls have those two games. And then they've got the All-Star break. Jimmy wants to play in the All-Star. <laughs> he, he'll tell you it doesn't mean anything to him, but he's starting in the All-Star game. Yeah. He wants to play in the All-Star game. Kind of like Chibbs
0: not... doesn't care about beating the Bulls. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those. But he, uh like... If he doesn't play these next two games, there's no way to really justify letting him play in the All-Star game.
0: What was the deal with Melo last year when Melo was— Well, running? no, this was
1: this was two years ago because it was two years ago that they had the All-Star game in New York. Yeah, And yeah. so, they, of course, Melo wants to play because the All-Star game is in New York. And then, like, two days after the All-Star game, he plays in the All-Star game— and he was, like, because it was important to him to host the All-Star game because he plays for the Knicks and the All-Star game was at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, Garden. obviously. And then, like, two days later, he has season-ending knee surgery. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Which, like... What's going on here? I don't which, know. Which, I mean,
1: it ended up working out okay for them because the Knicks got the fourth pick in the draft and they took Porzingis, so that ended up working out okay for them. But, like, I don't think the Bulls are at that point. Like, Because by, by then, the Knicks knew they were done. So it didn't really matter if Melo played the rest of the season. The Bulls are still trying to make the playoffs. And I ultimately still think they're going to because, like, j- j- not because I think they're good, because I think we can definitively say they're not good.
0: Hashtag Easter Conference. Hash, but is what it's just right. It's
1: like that, like, that's the thing. Like, like I think the top six have kind of separated themselves. So there's two spots that are open. And you're basically looking at between uh, the the Bulls, the Pistons, and the Hornets. The Hornets are a mess right now. The Pistons have gotten it together a little bit lately. The, the, the Hornets, I, I think the that's Bulls. That's a
0: head scratcher, the Hornets. I,
1: well, the thing with the Bulls, I just think, you know, the Bulls have, I- I- assuming Jimmy's heel injury isn't a long-term thing. The Bulls have the best player out of any of those three teams. And in the NBA, like, when you have, like, a top-ten guy, like, you, you have more of a chance to win some of those games than you do. And Jimmy has bailed them out so many times in these games. Like, I just – I think they're going to scrap when, – when Cody and I did our predictions for the – uh win totals for the season. I said before the season that I thought they were going to go 42 and 40 and that was going to be enough to get them into the 8th seed. I don't think they're going to hit 42, but I think that whatever, like two games below 500, whatever they do, it's going to be enough to get them the seven or the 8th seed just because the rest of the East isn't stepping up either.
0: Here's going to be the smoothest segue I've ever performed because there's one spot in the Western Conference that the Wolves are essentially oh, biting for. I got you. Okay. And at the beginning of the year, a lot of people thought they were going to go 40 and 42 and make some the people, A-C. Well, yeah. well some Unless pe- you're Tim Bontemps, who thought they were going to 50 bon games. Shout out to Tim Bontemps. Yeah. That's
1: my boy. But, like, he—
0: Dude, we we bring that up on every <laughs> pod, I think. No, I,
1: like... I, I I know Tim pretty well. I've given him shit for that all the time. I I was always, uh, like, going into the season as much as, you know, I obviously Carl Anthony Towns has an incredible year last year. And I as high on him as anybody is. I think we I still think I'm I'm pro Wiggins. I know that's become like a divisive topic lately. I still think Wiggins is going to be really good. Uh, and obviously, I have so much respect for Tom and the job that he did in Minnesota that I thought that that was going to be an upgrade. But I still thought going into the season that the Timberwolves were like a year or two away from really making a run. I feel like the Timberwolves right now are more the 2009 Thunder and not the 2010 Thunder, which was the first year where you know. Durant and Westbrook were together and you know they were terrible but you could be like these guys are really talented they're gonna be really good in in a couple of years like I feel like that's where the Wolves are now I think they're still like one or two years away
0: yeah and everybody I think here with the fans not going to games I think they're sick of hearing that it's like we want results. David. Well, I
1: mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how the Levine thing like impacts that a little bit because he was as he was like they had, it was their big three because it was like I mean obviously Wiggins and Towns are the two big names but Levine was having a terrific season and like now he's gone and especially for a guy as athletic as he is we don't know if the a- he's going to come back the same after an A C L injury I mean he's been shooting really well this year so I, I think he should be able to adapt if he doesn't have a lot of that athleticism but that was a setback
0: totally but, so how
1: so how serious do you think the Timberwolves chances are of actually getting that eight seed?
0: they're still in it and hard
1: and <laughs> so who's not so, so who's, who's not it basically just the lakers and the suns and, let,
0: let me give you the rundown portland's at 23 and 31 and they made a trade today to i don't know what it says about their future or where they want but uh no i'm sorry denver is in the seed. they're 24 and 30 portland is next at 23 and 31 sacramento's 22 and 32 there was the rudy gay injury dallas <laughs> Who is a disaster? or Rick, Not a disaster, Rick depending Carlisle, on the night. voodoo
1: magic. That's what it is.
0: Uh, oddly, I mean, Yogi Ferrell's
1: sanity. Yogi Ferrell the best player in the NBA.
0: The Wolves, uh, they are three and a half games back of the A C but there's five teams all in the running. So yeah, it's just a matter. So it's
1: of, about like where the it's about like where the Bulls are in the eighth, yeah. in the in the Eastern Conference. Except, except there's like every except all the teams are like six games below 500.
0: Yeah, only there's the extra team, and that was part of the smooth <laughs> segue. So it's. I mean, it really is – I mean, they haven't – I don't think they've gotten – or Chris Dunn has not brought a lot to the table.
1: Former Bulls trade target, Chris Dunn.
0: <laughs> I was in – you remember the Thrice concert we were talking about? That was at the time – like, I watched Chris Dunn's introductory press conference where I was staying in Chicago, and they did a write-up about it. So it's, I'm in there. I'm there at the time, which was an odd string of events. It's totally irrelevant well, to was, the conversation.
1: That was – because that's who the Bulls wanted in the top of the draft. They were talking to the Celtics – on draft night about a Jimmy trade. And if they had gotten that number three pick, they would have taken Chris Dunn. And then when they when the Celtics took Jalen Brown, that was the end of that.
0: Yeah. Um. So they haven't gotten what they needed out of Chris Dunn. Ricky Rubio, he had a nice game tonight, and he's been scoring in the double figures recently.
1: He was, he was knocking down some shots.
0: The and ones, dude. It's and He it's, hit a couple threes tonight. Yeah, and, and Thibodeau praised him for just taking the shots that the offense dictates him to take. Uh-huh. And that's one thing that drove him nuts at the beginning of the year because much like the Rondo possession that happened right in front of us where we were sitting, where he's got an open layup and he kicks it to McDermott, who ended up hitting the corner three. And that...
1: Rondo is just so averse to shooting in any way. I think part of it is because he's such a bad free-throw shooter. He doesn't want to like drive to the hoop and draw contact.
0: Yeah, and that's sort of the, like, the similarities. Back in 2010, you could say, what is the difference between Ricky Rubio and Rajon Rondo in 10 years? And a lot of people were like, well, Rondo's a lot better there's a lot of similarities between eh, them yeah rubio's probably the guy i would take right now um but i don't know they're realistically they could they could get the a seed are they going to blow more games in the third or fourth quarter for the remainder of the year i don't know uh i think that's got a, a lot to do with why thibodeau left the starters in throughout the fourth you know we need to get the guys to play consistently for the duration of a game and that's essentially Oh, his I know that one, Burr.
1: I know that one well. You have to put everything you have into each and every day, and the results will take care of themselves. Yeah. I, you can't skip any steps. The magic is in the work.
0: Yeah. You need to do it consistently on every single play. and
1: You yeah. don't replace a player like Zach Levine individually. You have to do it as a team.
0: Well, they miss his defensive presence, certainly, if you right. can't tell by the numbers. Here's the, <laughs> here's the question I want to want to ask you. Sure. The big, the the nuanced conversation here is, if you're going to keep Wiggins, Towns, and Levine, you're obviously keeping Towns. for We don't need to go any further on that, but are Wiggins and Levine in any way redundant, or too redundant to keep them both, assuming that they're getting max contracts, and that conversation, if you're looking at both of them as offensive players, is not totally ludicrous, but could be totally ludicrous. It's at the defensive end, and the fact that they're both twos really shouldn't be defending threes until Wiggins fills out, if he ever fills out. So I think they're redundant defensively a little bit, but uh, what are your thoughts on that whole conversation in, in a general sense? I know you don't cover the wolves; it's not really your job. But uh, the, the conversation is: Are those two redundant, and can they play together long term? And well, or, Levine, or is you, Levine,
1: Levine's not getting a max contract now, is he? After well, the ACL,
0: could he? he no, well, no. But if he didn't get hurt, he could have asked. For well, one. I think
1: he could have. But it's just he not, was on that trajectory. But now it's the reality. Like if he he's he's probably not going to get one.
0: And he could. There's certainly the good teammate thing, and it takes right. And I mean, he's a
1: he's a better shooter than Wiggins is certainly. But yeah, it's just, no like, question about that. I mean, I think they could. Pl- I think they can play together, and I think, like you said, it's going to depend on if Wiggins fills out, and then he can. They can have him then play the two and the three, where Wiggins can be the one that guards. You know, guys like Paul George and Jimmy Butler, yeah. and. You know, not not that anyone can guard LeBron, but LeBron. But
0: attempt to and match up right, with them like physically,
1: right? Be like be that kind of role. I think he has more of a potential to be that than Levine is. But I think Levine is further along in some other aspects of his offensive game. I think they kind of complement each other well. It's just it's just going to be a matter of them both getting better.
0: Yeah, it's like Wiggins just. Take your talents and go into Brandon Rush's body really quick, because Brandon, Brandon Rush has the body to defend all of those aforementioned right. superstars that you defended, right, exactly. and he's just not there yet. So that, that's sort of in the wolf. It's not there
1: yet in his, in, the, in his, what is this, like his eighth year in the league? Yeah. it's in the eighth or ninth year?
0: Although I do, I wish I could talk to, t- it's like, dude, Wiggins had all these post-ups and he was going to the line so much, and you've basically negated that, because now you're having him handle the ball late in fourth quarters, uh-huh. which is not a skill, and that's sort of an interest—that you know, deserves a little bit more look-see. But he's probably but...
1: better ball handler than any of the Bulls' options there.
0: Yeah, that was Cause, I disastrous. Mean... <laughs> and outside shooter, too.
1: Uh, yeah. The... At,
0: at one point, the Bulls had Rondo, Carter, Williams, and— Grant on the
1: f- yeah three point guard lineup baby.
0: I mean they started well shooting I mean, the, the one. Year.
1: The one thing I'll say for MCW is that he's a good defender. He's long. He gets into he gets up into guys. He's a good on ball. It's kind of like Rubio. he right exactly. He just he can't shoot, and he, he's just like and he makes so many other mistakes. Like you know we we joked earlier about that blown fast break, but like it's not. Like, that, like that's pretty common. He's been it's out. a microcosm. He's sure. he's started a bunch lately because Jimmy's been out. But <sighs> he was totally out of the rotation until he started for Jimmy. Really? He got four DNPs right like before that. The, the last four games he got DNPs.
0: What did they give up for him?
1: Just Tony Snell.
0: Who's Good been, idea, bad idea. Tony
1: Snell's been okay in Milwaukee, but like that was a trade. Like Snell has been Snell awful. became
0: like the third best shooter in Milwaukee sure, at the time. Sure. Sure. I doing? mean that was
1: that was a trade that <laughs> that was a trade that like I think both sides kind of at the time got what they needed out of it because the the Bucks just needed any kind of body at the wing once Chris Middleton went down, and then the Bulls, none of the backup point guards were impressing them in camp, and so they were just like, we'll try out MCW. So, I, I mean, the trade made sense at the time, and neither of them gave up any picks, and now the Bucks are going to need Snell going forward, because Jabari, but speaking of knee injuries, Disaster, suck, yeah, like, yeah, sucks. That's, that's just awful.
0: Everything is awful.
1: He's a Chicago guy, and it was the same knee, and he was having such a good year, and that just sucks, but like...
0: We were at the we sat next to each other when Jabari played Wiggins at that Summer League game when those two came into the league if you remember that.
1: I do remember that, but I don't remember part now was next to I don't remember and... much about about that game from the Summer League because that was the day that LeBron put out the SI letter announcing yeah. that he was going back it was, to Cleveland.
0: That was why you were button mashing sitting there. I'm like seat. a it famous I'm a
1: famous button masher <laughs> well, no, but what happened was uh, like going into the game or going into that day, I was going to, you know, I was thinking about going to Summer League. He goes, oh, cool, it's going to be the Wiggins-Parker game. We're going to get to see these two guys next year. And then suddenly LeBron announces he's going back to Cleveland, and all we're asking Wiggins about afterwards is like, hey, so have you heard about these rumors that you might get traded for Kevin Love?
0: (laughs) Uh, I felt so bad for him at the time. That was fun when they put everybody in the – the Cox Pavilion, so yeah. it was like a full Cox arena.
1: Cox and for those of p- the people who haven't been to Summer League, Cox is a smaller gym that's adjacent to Thomas and Matt. Yeah,
0: and it's smaller. So that,
1: that's where they had the Jabari Wiggins game.
0: And they filled it. I mean, they had yeah. people standing basically behind us in Meteor Row yeah. just to watch, yeah. and now they put it in the bigger arena, and all of the environment's gone, in my opinion. And I just don't like it as much. But um, We're at like 30 minutes. You want to go general NBA for we can a little go. While? We can go a what little you, bit. Like- I haven't been paying attention to Julio Okafor at all. What oh, you, the trade rumors. You, you brought him up in the car. He didn't I saw that he didn't travel with Philly. What's going on?
1: So it seems like he's gonna get traded in the next couple of days. He didn't play last night against the heat they had Brett Brown basically confirmed afterwards that they held him out because they're talking to teams about trading him and they don't want him to get injured
0: I saw, yeah i saw a funny tweet about that i should probably save it but yeah. he then, said it somebody reported that sources said this and it's like yeah Brett Brown said it in the press
1: conference we can talk we can talk about we can talk about that off the air i know exactly what you're talking all right, about all right, right, uh then today some of the Sixers beat writers reported that he didn't go on the team plane to i think Charlotte is where they're playing but he didn't go on the team plane uh, because he's going to get traded soon, and you know, last week there were those reports. I think Woj had it, like aiming. Drew had Holiday
0: for no, not
1: not even Drew. No, what I heard, what I saw was that it, the Pelicans trade was going to be like their fir- the Pelicans first, and then either a Sheik or a Jeans's contract, and that was the trade, and then like. You know, a, a while ago, like there was like talk that the Bulls might be interested. Like, I've seen some of that For lately Okafor? on Twitter. I've been told, I, I talked to somebody in the organization yesterday who would know these things. Yesterday, when the reports first came out, I texted somebody. I was told pretty strongly that they're not having those discussions, but like that's kind of lingered. I've heard Portland's name thrown around. Portland's but I probably off the table. I think they're probably off the table after doing the Nurkic trade sure. today. I don't know, but <clears throat> I mean. On the one hand, trading for Okafor is the exact kind of move I would expect the Bulls front office to do because he's a he's a name. He's from Chicago. They can sell him to fans as that. He has good counting stats. He's I I think he'd be a ter- had a nice game the other. Night. Sure, yeah, yeah, no, I think he's a talented player. It's just the kind of thing. I mean, he has kind of the same problem as Greg Monroe, which is he's not. It's not that he's not a talented player. It's just that when you're a big man who can't play out of the perimeter and can't protect the rim. You can you can get away with not with being a big man and not being able to shoot if you're a rim protector like DeAndre Jordan or Rudy Gobert, but if you're not that, if you basically can if you he's basically Al Jefferson. Yeah. And I don't know how much oh, use Al
0: fans love Al. No, Jefferson.
1: right, but like you I don't know how much use Al Jefferson has in the modern game. You'll notice he didn't get a max contract this summer when a lot of people did, but
0: like No, and he went to the team that wanted to play faster.
1: Right, which is a little bit like the Bulls saying they wanted to get younger and more athletic, and then signing Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Oh my goodness! But I, I would, I mean, you can't rule anything out because like teams talk all the time, and this stuff is always evolving. But oh yeah, I again, I was told yesterday that the Bulls aren't really in on Okafor, but it also just knowing this can't front rule office, it wouldn't out. Wouldn't surprise can't, me can't if they did totally that. Out. But you know, I
0: but the pairing of Anthony Davis and Jaleel. Okafor, no, it makes sense. I, yeah, it I makes mean, it's sense. Better than the New Well, the
1: thing is, you can beat. have like Anthony Davis because the thing is, Anthony Davis can go out onto the mid range. He can. He doesn't quite have that three point range yet that he's been talking about adding for, but he can hit that mid range shot, and he also can be a rim protector. You can, like, in order to play a guy like you know, we were talking because we
0: he would have to play the five though. But, or, uh, well, but it, I mean, position this basketball doesn't matter. Well, but. sure,
1: but like we well, people were talking about this cuz back you know during training camp when they were talking about like oh the Bucks are shopping Greg Monroe and it's like okay, who are you going to get to who who's going to look around and say hey Greg Monroe is a piece that you need. <laughs> Basically, you can only play a guy like Greg Monroe and have him be effective if he's next to a guy like Anthony Davis or Serge Ibaka or Carl anthony Towns or somebody like that who is a big man who can protect the rim but also can go out to the perimeter or at least out to the mid-range. So if you put Okafor and Okafor kind of has the same skill set as Monroe. So if you put Okafor with Anthony Davis, like at least offensively, I think that makes some sense.
0: Yeah i i, I totally I totally agree. Does it help the Pelicans make the playoffs
1: this year? Well, I think that's kind of part it's, of it. Is like how much better are you. Well, but I by think that's deal. that's the thing. I think Dell Demps is kind of GMing for his job right now. <laughs> like,
0: dangerous, it's which dangerous. is not
1: great. I mean, I, I can tell you that's not what's going on with the Bulls because Gar and Pax are not going anywhere.
0: No, I can't imagine so. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the Philly goes to Charlotte on the thirteenth, and then they're in Boston. So it's a two-game road trip, which is
1: yeah. significant
0: for a player not to travel, especially one who's getting significant minutes and he's healthy. Right. What other uh, What other stuff is going on? Who's playing right now? The
1: Denver trade is interesting. The yeah, yeah, trade. give me
0: the deets on that too, because so I'm uh, trying to catch so up. So the
1: trade is, is, is Nurkic and uh, the Grizzlies' 2017 first rounder to Portland for Mason Plumley in a 2018 second rounder.
0: And that Grizzlies first round would be anywhere between, what, 18 sure. and 24? The sure.
1: point, well, the Blazers, the Blazers, I mean, I think it makes sense. I, I care about it more from the Blazers' standpoint because I'm from Portland. He, I'm still sort of a Blazers fan, even though I've, my, a lot of my fandom has kind of gone away doing this professionally. But, like, I think it makes sense for them. I don't even know if Nurkic because – Nurkic's been pretty bad this year, but, like – Well, think he was
0: a, good at the beginning.
1: Right, he was, but he's just he's been pretty bad for a lot of the year. It's a fine gamble. They would have had to pay Mason Plumlee this summer, and they're yeah. already paying so many guys like Alan, Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, Myers Leonard, Mo Hart, with so many guys. That are, Why? I don't know. C.J. McCollum's extension <laughs> kicks in next year. Like They yeah. have so many guys they're paying. So sure. They wouldn't have had to pay him.
0: And they were so good when they didn't pay anybody really much of anything.
1: Well, I mean, we can, well, they... talk, we can have a different discussion about sure, whether they're sure, paying sure. Evan Turner $70 million as the move. I would argue that it's not. And that, that was I would,
0: I would agree, <laughs> so the like, discussion ended.
1: But, like, now they've got three picks in – This coming draft, which is supposed to be a loaded draft, so either they can get some good rookies or they can use those picks to swing a bigger trade, maybe use a pick to get someone to take on that Evan Turner contract and then they still have a couple of picks left over. I don't know. I mean, it just gives them options.
0: Does it hurt to get rid of Plumlee, though? Because I know he had a nice rapport with the players there, especially yeah, no, Damian Miller Plumlee's,
1: Plumlee's been pretty good, and he's a good passer. I'm actually am really excited to see how he works with Jokic.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. And I know the Plumlees are guys who you see them out on the floor early getting all their stuff done. Can
1: we talk about yeah. how two Plumlees got traded in the last week?
0: I can't even keep track of all these because
1: because Because Miles was the, is the one in Milwaukee, and he just got traded to Charlotte for Roy Hibbert and uh, Spencer Hawes.
0: Yeah, and oh, by the way, Roy Hibbert plays for Charlotte. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. He was, like, he was on a one-year deal.
0: So uh, they came to town. It's like, oh, hey, Roy Hibbert. It's so crazy
1: what happened to Roy Hibbert because there was that two-year stretch when he was with the Pacers where he legitimately was like one of the best defensive players in the league, and then just overnight, I don't know if it was like him physically breaking down or if it was
0: the just, league evolving, just the league and, yeah.
1: evolving, where guys who are slow and and can't big men who are slow and can't shoot, but he's still such a good rim protector. Like
0: they were two minutes away from beating the Heat. They right? were. They were. It's just astonishing. Um, All right, what else? The port, yeah, no, Denver. I think they're my favorite to make the AC in the Western Conference. Jamal Murray is a guy that I wanted.
1: I like Murray. I like. I like. I like that other kid Beasley that they have too. And then obviously Jokic Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, and then obviously Jokic is incredible.
0: He's a he's a monster, and he's you know the the intriguing tandem that in international ball because I'm a degenerate and I watch international ball in Serbia. Nemanja and Jokic, they're a fun tandem, but. Jokic always seems to be in the doghouse with whatever the Serbian coach's name is. Only gets like twenty, twenty-five minutes a game. It's odd, right. but he's so—I mean, he's so incredibly talented. Um, I definitely put them in the 8th seed. They're my favorite to make the. I kind of like
1: New Orleans, honestly. Really? Yeah
0: with the way Drew Holiday plays. Yeah. Drew's
1: been great since he's came he came back. He had he's been healthy cuz he he wasn't hurt this year. He just had the, obviously his had wife the had, the, stuff, had the personal yeah. stuff had the, had the brain tumor and obviously she's doing better so he was comfortable coming back and since then he's been great. The Pelicans have been a different team since he came back. Buddy Healed also
0: He's awful. the guy I didn't want. It's he like was I was aw- just I not Buddy Hield. He was at, awful at the, at the draft.
1: Be- He was awful at the beginning of the season, but he's really come on the last He won
0: December rookie of the month. December in the rookie of the month.
1: he's come on the last couple of months or so. He's been good. You know, if they get Okafor, as much as I don't really know if Okafor's going that good, I mean, right now they're playing like a Sheikh and a Jeansa and like whoever.
0: They've come a long way from paying, you know, at playing center. If they five can... guys last year that they played three of them I can't even Right.
1: Right. <laughs> No, I kind of like New Orleans. That, that race is interesting. I mean, it would be good for the Bulls if the Kings got somehow snuck into the 8th seed because the Bulls have the Kings have pick, the if, pick it's yeah. top, if it's the top 10 The
0: Omar Caspi deal?
1: The Omar Caspi-JJ Hickson deal from back in Jesus. 2010. The Bulls, the Bulls got it in the Luol Dang trade from Cleveland.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's fascinating.
1: It's always fun how you can go back and trace, like, these picks, the Rondo, like go, just ask Wolves. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you should go back and look at uh, the genesis of the pick that became Rajon Rondo with the Celtics, because that was a Lakers pick originally, and they created it for like Gary Payton or something, and then it was like went to Phoenix for a little bit, and Phoenix, and then like Boston bought it from Phoenix for <laughs> when Robert Sarver was just selling off every first round pick that he had back in like two thousand five. Well, and he,
0: he he took a first round pick because the Wolves needed to get rid of Wesley Johnson that bad. That they got rid of Wesley Johnson and uh, Beasley in that deal, and they had to get rid of a first round pick just to get rid of. Wait,
1: Beasley, Beasley was a—he uh, was a good
0: player. He wasn't. Wait, no, it was Be- Johnson that the first round. Well, was no, talking. Beasley
1: was a—I I thought Beasley was a. Was Beasley a trade or was he a signing?
0: He might have been a signing. Beasley
1: was a free agent. They gave him like that eighteen million dollar a year contract, and then after or eighteen million dollars over a three year contract, and then after the first year, they like they used the stretch provision on him.
0: There was a lot of alcohol consumed up here when the Darko Beasley and you know, that whole era. Did you era get to happened. go
1: to the? Did you get to go to the yard sale? Because Harper had like uh, the, this, Beasley the Beasley yard sale. Yard sale. Cause no, Harper it, it, had like Harper has the Yale uh, basketball poster that he bought from Michael Beasley's yard sale.
0: No, it happened not too far from where I lived at the time. We lived in a. Uh lived in St. Louis Park, and he lived, in, I want to say, off Minnetonka Boulevard. Okay, Sort of near there, but my uh, Michael Beasley story was the day Kurt Rambis sent him home from training camp on the first day, and oh he, he's got to answer questions after the game. He's like, Michael didn't, or after, uh, he's talking to the media after the first day of training camp, he's like, Michael didn't have a good day today. He's going to come back tomorrow with a better attitude.
1: It seems like Beasley's actually gotten his act together a little bit. He was pretty he's good. He's
0: institutionalized in, for sure, he right? He was
1: pretty good in Houston, and he he's been okay in Milwaukee.
0: As long as, yeah, I agree. I'm a Mike Beasley apologist. He's my man. I would have him on this team. But uh, he's at the Super America off 394 in Louisiana, which Minnesota listeners will sure. know okay. too well.
1: That I, I doesn't mean anything to me. He's picking
0: up a huge bag of Skittles and two liter, two two liters of orange soda. And my roommate and I are at the time going, Michael, training camp starts tomorrow. Not to him, but in our heads. And then he had the bad training camp day. And this has gone way off the rails. So, uh, Sean Heiken locked on. Bold. Bulls podcast i uh think your twitter handle is just your last name right it is i had to i had
1: to fight to get it a few years ago really you had to
0: you had to lobby for it yeah somebody was sitting on somebody was
1: sitting on it whose name his name was barney mcelroy and he was a dude in like ireland he only had one tweet
0: what the hell was he doing with your no followers
1: i have no idea so I had to like this is back when I, this is back when I was He at knows US-
0: how successful you'll be. so he wanted to squat he
1: did Well, I was this is back when I was at USA today? I had their social media team like talk to Twitter and get it for me.
0: Oh, really? And same so time they got how my, long was the the process?
1: It was like it was like a week, and then oh, they got so me, then they got me. Uh, that was the same time they got me my blue check mark back before like literally anybody could get a blue check mark because if you notice like anybody can get verified. Every, these yeah,
0: they verify. You know, so SB, many people, SB Nation contributors again, so many people are verified. It like it. almost
1: doesn't mean it. you I'll, know who
0: isn't verified? This guy right here. Well,
1: hey, you know what? Not being verified is the new being verified. I'm a,
0: like, uh, yeah, and in the city of Minneapolis, where hipsters run rampant, I, I fit in perfectly. Sean Heiken on Twitter at at Hyken. H-I-G-H-K-I-N.
1: H-I-G-H-K-I-N.
0: There you go. You can find his work at The Athletic and plenty of other places. Locked on Bulls podcast, of course.
1: Make sure you go leave us five-star reviews so that sponsors will give us money.
0: Yeah, that's a big part of why we Major do this. Key. We would like to get paid for uh, our work. Thank you for coming into the studio after the game on, a, you know, uh, impromptu if you will
1: yeah yeah this was fun
0: appreciate you having so next time you're in town we'll we'll do it again or if i end up traveling with the team someday you you owe me you owe me let's we'll, get it we'll uh <laughs> we'll sit in your apartment
1: yeah you know, i don't have it. i don't have a professional studio like this but you definitely can swing by all, all right cool yeah no
0: that uh, that sounds good so uh yeah for zach bennett this has been a collab locked on wolves locked on bulls uh, till next time so long
1: you are locked on timberwolves your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
1: It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our 4-pack of LED bulbs is 9.99, and our 2-pack of LED floodlights is only 12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.